This is 105.9 The Region. There are so many ways of communicating these days, but nothing seems to beat the one-on-one. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Welcome to In Conversation. Thank you for being with us. This show is, in my view, upfront, up close, and uplifting. Mohamed Faki, business icon, entrepreneur, philanthropist, community leader, a man whose generosity and caring helps those in need here and on the other side of the world. He is always donating, fundraising, and supporting people, relief organizations, and charities. And this is what I find most astonishing. He has not skipped a beat when it comes to giving and giving back, even with his own business struggling under the weight of this devastating pandemic. Mohamed Faki joins us now in conversation. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you very much for having me and for this amazing introduction. I'm afraid I shouldn't say anything after that so I don't ruin the introduction. You're so great. So where does this need to continue to give and give back come from, Mohammed? Uh, it's a great question because uh, I, I was br- brought up in that environment of giving back. I'm actually wired and I truly believe and I live my life every single day that if you want to be protected, if you want to be blessed, if you want to do better in life, and if you want to be faced with more uh, goodness and even luck in life, you have to give back. You have to do good to other people. And the only way you, your kids will be protected, the only way even psychologically you'll feel better. I hear a lot of people depressed and everything. I say to them, come with me, cook with me, give back to others. You'll be grateful for what you have. From your holiday message, which I saw posted to Twitter, you say, let's resolve to do good things together. And you also go on to say that I will say it to you the way I say it to my kids. So what do you say to your kids about life today and about the importance of supporting one another? Well, the biggest thing you could tell your children is by showing them your own actions. And... My kids see it firsthand every single Sunday. I'm not there because we're doing something for someone that is in need. But they understand as well that we're doing it because people have supported me when I came to Canada. They know that their father was poor. They know their father lived in a basement apartment when I I came here. And they know that I always committed to be thankful to this country and to its people that I love so much. And we're always going to give back. And that's why they come with me. They show up with me. And I always tell them, there is no excuse for giving. Even when you don't have money, there is something you could give. You could give your knowledge. You could give a smile. You just can't be kinder. If we decide to be kinder, if we decide to give, we find a way to give. How influential were your parents and and are they still today? I know that they are living in Beirut, where you were born, uh, and they've gone through all kinds of devastating events, including the explosion last August. How are they doing and how do they influence your life, Mohammed? Uh, They're doing great. Uh, I mean, comparing to everyone else, we're always positive. We're, (laughs) We're very positive because we went through a lot, like, uh, we've lived in bunkers. Uh, my dad uh, restarted his business several times. But he was always uh, smiling, and he was always waiting for that life, and always he knew that that life would come. My parents has influenced me a lot in my life. And the seniors in our life are so important to us. We 
I hold them at a very higher level. And I believe, truly believe, that I do everything I do, and we all do, to really impress our seniors and make sure our kids look up to us. And that's why when I see how we're treating seniors lately during this pandemic, I feel like we can't let down our seniors, especially when our kids are watching us. I do not want my kids to learn that it's okay to let down our seniors and not support them. So I really hold my parents very high up there because they have taught me that giving back, it's not only good for the people that you give them something, it's as well good for you and makes you feel better. Let's together go back in time when you purchased a nearly bankrupt restaurant and built that into the Paramount Empire. How did that happen? And and where did your vision for success come from? I I think the success always came from deciding who I wanted to be at the time. And that was very important. So I was I walked in to buy a kilo baklava, and this person, this man, the owner at the time, a great gentleman, didn't know how to handle his business and was on the verge of bankruptcy and asked me for a loan. And I said, I don't know you. I'm here just to buy baklava. And then I left. Before I leave, he told me that if I don't help them by Thursday, him and 15 families would be deported out of Canada because their visas and their residency depended on the business being saved. So when I got to the car... And I handed him my card before I left. I sat there and I said, am I going to just turn my back? Am I going to be that person? And to everyone out there, usually we need to decide now who we want to be and what kind of people we want to be. Are we going to be just someone that cares only about themselves, put their head down, or are we going to be standing up people, trying to make a difference in other people's lives? And that moment is when I decided that no, I'm going to help him the way Canadian helped me when I came here and I needed the help. And that's where it all started. And I went to help him. He didn't want to stay. He went to Dubai. I took over the business and I told the team, I don't want to make a penny out of it. I just want to keep it for you. Keep it afloat, even if we don't make a profit. And from one location all the way to 74. Hmm. That's a real life proof that when you do good, when you do good things, you're always blessed and things will get better for you. You were Business Person of the Year in 2016, 2017, also 2019. You were Canada's Most Admired CEO in 2019. What do those mean to you? Those, those, they're not labels, but they are accolades. Do they mean something to you, Mohammed? It means to me mostly that setting an example for others. Setting an example with to people that they think because of their name, because of their accent, because they came here with no money, that this is a place of hope. Our country is the best country on earth. It's a place of hope. And I'm a a live example that the amount of opportunity available to every single one of us in this country. And what it means is more accolade, more awards you get. You're sending a message to people they think they don't have an opportunity that you can do it too. And no, don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do it. Look at this guy. He, he has a heavy accent. His name is Mohammed, And he came here with 1500 in his pocket, lived in the basement apartment, and he's getting awarded. He's getting recognized, and he's being good to the community. You know, but the big part I need everyone to know, the community has been very, very, very good to me before even. 
And that's why I committed to always give back. In 2018, the UN Refugee Agency launched a partnership with you. In 2019, there was a long legal battle against hate crime, hate speech, and Islamophobia. So what was then and is now your vision for building and strengthening a diverse Canada? Uh, breaking the bread together, hmm. breaking the more often the bread together. I truly believe, not because only I'm a restauranter, I think to understand a culture, you break the bread with their people, you open up to different people from different backgrounds. And I think those challenges came to me <laughs> as someone that believes in meant to be. It came to me because I am able financially and I am able. Uh, the level of resilience that I have, so I was able to stand up against hate and send the message and show it that legally, when we come together with our action and with our words, hate will never win in this country. And we can win together. And that the good people in this country, in numbers, we're much higher and we're much many more of us. But our silence does not help us. And that's why we need to speak up against hate so we can all have the same opportunity and that we remember that we are all human, regardless where we came from. Words are strong. Action is even stronger. I take, for example, a week ago, you were making 500 meals for folks in the Regent Park area. This is just the beginning of what your plan is for the next three months in terms of feeding as many people as you can. Why? Because people in our country don't deserve to sleep without a proper meal. And because I see that we are handcuffed in certain parts of the solution that we need during COVID. But we all can do something. And we all can do more. And I think our collective legacy will be told about this year of 2020, how we reacted as a country, how we reacted as a human, one to the other. And we have fed 31,000 people over the last two months and a half. But we heard it loud and clear from all food banks that people are excited to donate in Christmas. But come January and February, a lot of people are lining up and we have no food for them. It breaks my heart. Truly breaks my heart that I'll be eating in a in a warm home with a roof above my head, eating a great meal, and there's people in our country that are not. And to everyone out there, use your platform, use your voice. Please don't believe and don't make don't let anyone tell you that you cannot do something to help these people in need. Yes, you can. We all can do it. And I'll always use my platform to help people. I'll always use my platform and my time to go out and help people because I was poor one day. And it's very important that we do not forget where we came from. And it's very important when we are good, we will become much, to believe that we will become much better by helping someone else. And COVID was a proof that our health and our life depends on everyone else in our country and our community to do better. We have to all to do better together. And I hope we'll become kinder after COVID. Otherwise, we are wasting an opportunity to learn from COVID to be kinder to each other. In some ways, COVID-19, this pandemic, has offered 
a level playing field. It has changed the lives of so many people, and some good has come from it. How has the pandemic affected your business, Paramount? We are in the restaurant industry. We used to be in the sit-down dining, and now we just pack food in plastic. Our pita bread that used to be fresh, we're sending it home, and it's not the same experience. But we can sit here and be negative. But, you know, I met a lot of great people during the pandemic. I heard a lot of new names that I have and I should have appreciated, like Dr. Tam and Dr. Bogash and Dr. Sharkawi and all these amazing heroes in the front lines that I got to know, befriend, and work together with them to help the people in need and vulnerable people in our community. So there is a positivity out of COVID. And the positivity is we're seeing our country moving and using their voice to defend the seniors and to defend each other. And collectively now we're thinking more, not about ourselves, about all of us together. And definitely, definitely, we will only get better and get out of this. The proper way, the way Canada will remain Canada is a place of hope if we continue thinking all of us together and we can come all of us together to achieve those results. I think COVID was hard was very difficult for every single one of us. And we all wanted to get rid of the 2020. I think we need to get handled of the way we manage this COVID as a community, because it's not going away anytime soon. But us coming close to each other will be part of the solution for sure. Here's another quote from you, the incredible Mohammed Faki. Success is wonderful, but success surrounded by family is paramount. Do you hope that your sons will follow your footsteps, follow in your amazing footsteps? I truly never told my kids, become a doctor. I never told them to become a lawyer. I never tell them, I want you to take over my business. I only tell them, I want you to always look after the needy and put people first. Please put people first, because with people, by putting people first and your community first, whatever you do, you will be successful at. Mohamed Faki, thank you for joining us in conversation. Your words are meaningful, your actions even more so, and I know that there's much to be done in 2021. I thank you for spending time with us and sharing your innermost thoughts. Thank you very much for having me. I always love to be at 105.9, especially with you. And to everyone out there, please stay positive. It says a lot about us, how we're going to treat our seniors. But it says a lot about us, how we're going to make sure that we all continue coming together to find solutions. So we maintain this country, a beautiful country. Here, here, Mohammed Faki, thank you. Thank you so much. Coming up, predictions for 2021. This is In Conversation with Ann Romer. Is there someone you want to learn more about? Drop us a line. Info at 1059theregion.com. Ann Romer will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to In Conversation with Ann Romer on 1059 The Region. Well, this next conversation is all about us and about our future. Lynn Nichols is a much sought after psychic medium. Lynn helps people the world over make their own decisions on how to proceed by offering her view of their future. Lynn Nichols, psychic medium, joins us now in conversation. Great to have you with us, Lynn. 
Oh, thank you so much. It's amazing to be here and talk about 2021. Mm, We are hoping for good things, but I want to go back in time. When did you first notice that you had different abilities than, say, the rest of us, that you had intuition and you had psychic abilities? Oh, we go back, you know, just, just a few years to when I was 12. And so I'm not only dealing with puberty and boys, but now I've got dead people walking into my bedroom at night and asking me to help them cross over. So that is what I did. And it was the beginning of a rather peculiar teenage life, but also a very interesting new view on the world that allowed me to move forward in a way that not a lot of people do, but it was very enjoyable. So how did your family react to you connecting to the other side? And what about you? Were you frightened by the thought of dead people coming to you at age 12? Oh, of course. This was the exorcist generation. So we're dealing with all of that scary stuff because my first knowing that they were there was they would make my bed shake. And I would honestly think I was crazy, but my sister, who I shared a bedroom with, would ask me, could you please stop shaking that bed? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It wasn't me. And I never did tell my family. They didn't know till probably 15, 20 years ago. So what did the people who came to you, who are no longer with us, what, what were they coming to you for? Well, way back then, it was basically, oh, you can see us? So can you tell my sister, Margaret, X, Y, Z? And I'm sitting there as a young kid thinking, first of all, I don't know Margaret, and (laughs) who are you? And was I frightened? Strangely enough, I wasn't. So they come with a sense of peace because I deal with spirits. Spirits have crossed over and come back. I don't deal with ghosts. Ghosts are stuck and I can't have a reasonable, intelligent conversation with them. So I don't deal with them. Do you see them, or do you sense them? Ah, that's a very good question. If I saw them, I would run screaming out of my house. So uh, my rule is that I will only want to sense them or hear them. What exactly is a psychic medium? You are that as well. So a psychic is someone who can tell you some things about your future, career, love life, those kinds of things. A medium is a psychic with the extra ability to connect to the other side. So you gave up a career that, you know, when we think about what we want to be when we grow up, we say veterinarian, (laughs) firefighter, teacher. You were a teacher until 2005. You gave it up. Why? Yes, well, it was just one of those times when everything was imploding. My mother had passed. My uh, relationship was terrible. And the government had changed, and they cut all funding to what I was teaching. I taught kindergarten at that time, and they cut all the funding. And I said, well, what am I going to do? And so I thought I would go back to what I'm – you always go back to what you're good at. I thought, I'm going to give this a go. And if it doesn't work – I'll try supply teaching. And within three months, I did not have to go back to teaching again. And that was 15 years ago. Hmm. How do you help people, and particularly with the title of psychic medium? What do you do for them? So people come to me when they 
when they're lacking hope, they're lacking direction, and they're really, or they're really emotionally involved in a situation, a work situation, a relationship, and they can't see past the emotion. So what I'm able to do is two things, help them help themselves, so getting them to calm themselves down and listen to their own intuition, and then I, I add in what I'm getting from messages and from the other side. So between the two of us, in any type of reading, I look for their potential and what could potentially happen and, and set them on their way so that they move forward with hope and purpose and happiness. Do you have to be in the same room with the person that you're trying to help? That's a great COVID question because I've been doing readings virtually during the pandemic. So the answer is no, because the information is not attached to you. It's not stuck to you. It is in the air, just like radio waves, TV wave, TV signals. And what I have to do is just tune into the right channel. And then I've got your information. Wow. All right. I know that our listeners and followers really want to hear what 2021 could bring. Are you ready, Lynn? Oh, boy, am I ever. <laughs> <laughs> you feel those signals everywhere. So let's begin <laughs> yeah. with the, pan- the, the elephant in the room, the pandemic. What are mm-hmm. you what are you sensing about the pandemic in 2021? This was very interesting and I was I was so glad that you asked me to make these predictions because it's not something I typically do. So I had to I resort back to what am I really good at and that's reading people. So the the first thing I did was I turned 2021 into a person and I was reading and it was a him and I'll I'll skip his description but when I asked his name, he said that it was Gerald. And I thought, that's a very peculiar name for myself to pick up. So I Googled the meaning of Gerald, and it means rules with spear or rule of the spear. And I thought, oh, my goodness, is this referring to the vaccinations, the needle? Interesting. Isn't that so interesting? What, Yeah, so when I went on, I was like, hey, Gerald, (laughs) tell us about 2021. And it's actually not a doom and gloom reading. It's it's not going to be an easy year, but the year as a whole will get progressively better. From about, well, now till about March, we have a bit of a 2020 hangover. So we're going to be slowly inching our way out out of this hangover. And we will see some glimmers of hope in the spring, which is, which is nice. And there is, uh, in May and June, I found there's going to be a split in terms of how the pandemic is handled in the countries and some very distinct uh, arguments between countries. But in general, the spring looks good. Now, when we get to the summer, June or July, unfortunately, I feel like there will be a resurrection of the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know what precipitates it, but um, my heart breaks for it, so I don't know what's going on, um, but but that will need to be brought back. And August September is is a fun fun time. And the only thing I'm really concerned about between then and the end of the year is November, when there is one country that is just ravaged with something other than COVID. It, may, it might be war. I'm not or another disease. I'm not sure what it is, but it's mass destruction and disaster. Mm-hmm. And Lynn, what do you see in terms of the restrictions when it comes to movement around the globe during the year 2021? 
Mm. Wouldn't we all like to just jump out of our countries and go somewhere warm, especially on this gray, gloomy day? It, and me living so close to the border and going to the States a lot of, a lot of times, uh, it gets very frustrating. But I do think the talks of vehicle traffic to the States and vehicle travel to the States will start to slowly open up in May and June. I'm not saying we're going to be running for the border at that time, but it will slowly open up. Um, there will be travel to and from certain countries for several, several years that's going to be strict, restricted. And I think the, gov think the government will also restrict some products from these countries based on their handling of the pandemic. Hmm. Let's move along to people we all know, but we've never met, celebrities. Mm -hmm. Celebrities. This, there's so much fun. I, 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 all I get of celebrities is when my 23-year-old daughter watches them, so I don't, <laughs> I'm not terribly familiar with. But what I did get is Harry Styles with ACDC, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio venturing out on a very successful business and I, it's totally unrelated to acting, so I'm very curious to see what he comes up with. Taylor Swift, that cutie patootie, gorgeous young smart lady, connecting to Belgium and Germany. And Elon Musk is going to face some backlash on a project he has yet to unveil. But I personally, I really like this project. I think it's got a lot of potential. And if we bring it back closer to home, bring it back into Toronto, we have Drake, and I think Drake is a fabulous human being, and I think his charitable side is going to come out, and he's going to be either opening studios for young musicians or get a music program, maybe a grant program, going to get the music of young musicians out to the public. Let's move to strides when it comes to cures for diseases and conditions. Hopefully good news. Yes, hopefully. It's, it's all hope. We, all, we have to hope or we have nothing, right? So I think there is some medical advancements when it comes to autism and Alzheimer's slash dementia. They're going to get some extra help in terms of funding and a, a huge growth in the amount of research and some, some clues as to what's going on there. And I don't want to say cure, but I want to say huge strides. Also, when we talk about strides, it's either lupus or Lou Gehrig's or, or both, and they're going to link one of these diseases, conditions, sorry, to a gene or a genetic marker. And that's going to be significant in actually either preventing or curing these. Very positive information. Let's end mm -hmm. this with one big announcement from what you're feeling and the hits you're receiving when it comes to great news for us in 2021. For that, I want to bring it right back to Southern Ontario. And I think Southern Ontario, or maybe Ontario as a whole, is going to find, we're going to come out leading the pack with policies, medical ingenuity, and education as far as Canada is concerned. And I think something that's really cool coming out of Southern Ontario might be Drake. I don't know. There's going to be a new online musical forum that's going to just burst forward and be wildly successful. My feeling is it has something to do with holograms. Wow. 
you're incredible. And I hope that much of what you have spoken of right now comes true. Some of the things that are a little bit scary, I hope that they, if that you're wrong, I mean that yeah, with all due me respect. <laughs> and I want to thank you so much, Lynn Nichols, Psychic Medium, for joining us in conversation. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Anne. Well, there you have it. Much needed optimism for 2021. And Mohammed Faki, when it comes to giving, helping, and supporting, whether you are rich or poor, actions speak louder than words. I'm Ann Romer. Bye for now. Follow In Conversation with Ann Romer on Twitter at 1059 The Region. This is 1059 The Region.